Roll sound, Scotty. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! episode 104 Paul, Charlie, no he's not here Paul, Liam, hello <laughs> Scott, do you want to start that again? Done it again <laughs> but, but, but also it's episode 103 I thought on the last thing when I was listening to it you said 100, episode 105 and I was like, have you done that many? Because it's 103 yeah. Stingy Paul's podcast episode 103 not 104, not 105 and guess who's here? It's Liam and it's Paul. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? I'm fine, apart from completely buggering up the intro. <laughs> <laughs> so the completely wrong people here at the wrong episode number. I've got the right podcast, haven't I? Yeah, yeah. I think so. <laughs> Charlie is not here, which... <gasps> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you went all unglaubert then. <laughs> Charlie is not here, which is a shame because this episode tonight is influenced by him. Um, in a way, it's the episode we hoped we'd never have to do. And after watching the movie, I, I wished we're not doing it now. <laughs> um, regular cheers, li- cheers, Charlie. Yeah, cheers for this, Charlie. Regular listeners to the show will know that there are certain movies that are a constant over the last five years. Mildred Pierce has become one of them. Yeah. Mildred Pierce must crop up in every bloody episode at the moment. Ever since you made us watch it. Yeah. Okay. The Mighty Mildred Pierce, that five star movie that you guys didn't get on with, always gets, you know, <laughs> a brief mention somewhere. The other one is Salo, 120 Days of Sodom. Oh, yeah. Which Charlie and I vowed that if we ever stop the podcast, that will be the last one we do. Okay. Yeah. And the third one is the subject of tonight's episode. Which, for some reason, Charlie has got some bizarre fascination with, and it's Cop and a Half. So did Charlie pick this because he actually likes the film, or did he just pick it? Or does he relate to the small child because of the same height? <laughs> Charlie has sent you an email, which I'll read out in a minute, with his thoughts on the film. Okay. Which is quite interesting. But the main reason we're reviewing it is it's, it's the sad, sad death of Burt Reynolds. So we're not going to do any foreplay. We're just going to have a little chat about Burt Reynolds and then spend the briefest of times reviewing this bloody movie. <laughs> Burt Reynolds. I don't know about you guys, Paul probably, as well as me, late 70s throughout the 80s, he was a massive, massive yeah. star for us. I, mean, I first saw him in Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. 
he was it was a, it was a big thing about Reynolds movie coming out wasn't yeah. it if I remember and even up to oh things like Sharky's Machine do you remember like the cop stuff he used to do you know after after the Smoking the Bandit series yeah. Hooper where is the stuntman Hooper I remember yeah I mean what what movies do you know Liam because you're the one that probably didn't grow up with it um, I mean Smoking the Bandit was the first thing I ever saw with him in um, and then Cop and a Half um, excellent because I was only five or six when it came out. When did it yeah. come out? Ninety one. I want to say ninety three. I want to say ninety four. But yeah. Um, well, either way, I was less than ten because I was eight or nine in them years. But um, it weren't till later on in life that I saw him in other bits as well. And then, <clears throat> like I took, um, I took sorry, I was watching. I said what the longest yard? Yeah. Which was obviously an American remake of a remake of a remake of Me Machine. But he's in that, and is yeah. it a coach or something in, he's, the, in yeah, the newer he's, version? He's an old Heinz, uh, Heinz, Heinzman Trophy winner in it, and uh, then he coaches the team. Um, but he's just—I think it was one of the things that people looked at him. and He had that suave sort of not giving a yeah. shit attitude. He it just was. had that look, even as an old man. He looked at him and he thought, "That man don't care." Yeah, he wasn't an action hero as such. But he no, was just no. cool, yeah. wasn't yeah. he? He was yeah. just cool. It was just—he was that ladies' man. Got away with the moustache that only him and sort of Tom Selleck. I was, gonna, I was literally about to say, <laughs> only him and Tom Selleck can pull off the tash yeah. that well. Um, but apart from a few of these sort of canon movies that he did in the 80s where he was a cop, um, and Deliverance is an action movie to a certain degree. Mm. Wasn't he a stuntman before he became an actor? I oh. think that's how the Hooper movie came oh, about. Okay. And he did a lot of the stunts in it. And because he did all the stunts in Deliverance. Yeah. That's actually him in the river and all that shit. I mean, I was looking through IMDb at his list of movies. Mm. And, yeah, apart from, obviously, when he was really famous with Cannibal Run. Yeah. And Smokey and the Bandit. If, yeah. There's a lot of Drops. unheard of yeah. since. There was a, I think in the 90s. There was this period he did a lot of TV stuff. He was in a... I can't think of the name of the TV show, but there was this four or five years he was on this TV show that he did. Um, but I don't... Did he fall out of favour with audiences? Because I can't see that happening. See, I don't, I don't know if he did. I think... Like, I kind of put him with the likes... Which some people might disagree with me, but... Like Michael Caine, in fact, they had some great films, but then they just plodded along doing other films, yet their name was still... A big household name, regardless. But he was just taking the money and, where he could. Yeah, it was just yeah. like, well, there's a film, I'll do it. Because I, I only saw the making of a film that I think came out this year or last year. He was doing it with um, Ariel Winter, who she's an actress from Modern Family. Yeah. But it, it looked uh, it looked appalling. I, don't, oh. I can't remember the name of it. Um, it's not the one that's the last movie star or something. Is I that think it is, yeah. It's literally the last film he ever done. Yeah, because he was supposed to be in the Tarantino movie next year. Yeah. Don't know if he's filmed his part for that, filmed his role, but yeah, um, but yeah, it's. <clears throat> I think he was just put his name in doubt, put his name, mm. putting his name down for things. I suppose once you've done that, once you're already successful, yeah, it's just a few episodes of My Name Is Earl, yeah, yeah, I like. But that. there was a major thing that he was a star of a TV show, early nineties, late eighties. Can't think what it was called. It was in Without a Paddle. I remember that. <laughs> I really didn't like that film. See, I'm no. thinking again. That's just like you say, grabbing the money and running. Yeah, I think he was a. Has it got on there? If he was a voice character for 
Grand Theft Auto at all? Yes, he was. Oh, and uh, Saints Row as well. So, oh, yeah. it's a varied career, I'll give him that. Yeah. Um, I think he had big enough impact that people just remember him regardless of... No one can name every film he was in. He was in the Bean movie. Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. No, there you go. That's what I mean. So, but I, I sure, sure I read somewhere sure. about... I'm sure, yeah. Sure I read somewhere a couple of years ago. He was selling off all his memorabilia or something because he was that skin. Possibly. I think he got really ill. He did get really ill because if you yeah. look at him, sorry. Yeah, he's um, had a lot of plastic surgery looks, as well. Because so, yeah. even in this, you can see he's had something in yeah. Copenhagen, you see. Well, he's definitely wearing a wig. And, yeah. And then as he's gone on, but if you see him in that, the last movie, whatever it's called, yeah. he looks so ill. Yeah. Um, like very, I don't mean to know he's an older guy, but he's like extremely gaunt. Yeah. And just withering away, and it's like yeah, shame, isn't it? So, oh, Cop and a Half was '93. Yeah, but at the time he was making those films, he was actually in a TV show called Evening Shade. Evening Shade, that's which it. Which he was in 98 episodes Evening from '90 to '94. Yeah, so. I remember that. They always sort of appeared late night on an ITV afternoon. So the films he must have been recording at that time were in between the in TV between, shows. Yeah. So you probably and, wouldn't have got any blockbusters no, out of him. No, but. Throughout the eighties, he certainly—it's it's sort of a parallel with Charles Bronson's career, you know, just doing yeah. those cheap, actiony type movies. That it's like he was just an actor. He wasn't a film star. T- he was just an actor. Some people specialise in just TV. Some yeah. just film. I think Burt Reynolds done everything. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be a name that everyone remembers, and it was horrible. Mm. Yeah, thing when he oh, passed. Best you know, little whorehouse in Texas. Oh, with Dolly Parton, of course. Yeah. yeah. We're unfortunately living in an age, or we're of the age that we're seeing some of our heroes die every other week. You know, we, we, yeah. there's always some bit of bad news on the on the TV that another one's gone. This one quite affected me. I don't know. I think it's because I was of that era that he was such a big star. Yeah. Grew up with him through the seventies into the eighties. Ah, Paul just pointed out silent movie. Yeah, it's the bit. In the, there's a scene in the shower. Such a long I do like the fact that Poy pointed it, pointed it out instead of speaking yeah, about yeah. it. Because oh, it's right. a silent it's movie. movie. <laughs> yeah. and, and the guy, the, the, some of my favourite things with Burt Reynolds are the, the bloopers at the end of Cannonball Run yes, and stuff like that yeah. with Dom DeLuise where they're oh, trying cool, desperately yeah. to hold it together and they're just Because they had the ambulance, in. didn't they? Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's just imagine that on set with him would not be anything mm. too serious. He's definitely a kind of guy that you would could imagine being an alcoholic at some point through his life. Just I think anyone that was acting during the eighties, seventies, eighties probably had to be, because <laughs> the demand would have been like that. I mean, like I said, TV show, do a film while you're filming TV show, mm. get back to the TV show, then do a film. You're like, there's got to be a point where you're thinking, hey, what, what's my outlet? Here? And I bet TV wasn't paying the sort of rates oh, that it's paying now, not. like you know the production values and I mean, shit that we see. You compare it to, I mean, Burt Reynolds is a worldwide name; everyone knows it. But him doing TV compared to, say, Dwayne Johnson doing um, Ballers yeah. on HBO. Yeah. HBO, a channel that, when I was a kid, I never even heard of it yep. until probably my late teens. But yeah, he's making, mi- I mean, I know he's The Rock, so everyone knows, but he's making millions and millions from a TV show. But he's the equivalent of the Burt yeah, Reynolds of, exactly of his that. time. He's doing you know. the same thing, but yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, some of them get a million an episode, didn't they? Yeah. I know yeah. Big Bang Theory, the main Yeah, they were. Friends did. They yeah. Friends were. That's More a big thing, that, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. It's weird because it's like when, I think over here, we always have a different look in England. But <clears throat> if you ever see like a big name, Hollywood start doing advert, in England, we automatically go, 
they must be on hard times. But yeah, if you watch anything <laughs> in America, like you watch Super Bowl Sunday, and they have the adverts, any advert that has a, like, a superstar on it, it's because it sells more. So no one goes, oh, they need, they need the money. Well, but over here, over here, you've got Winston Wolf, haven't you? Um, oh, doing, yeah, the doing the direct, direct, line. direct line. And didn't Sly Stallone advertise Warburton's bread? Yes. Yeah. And they have a Muppets. Well, I mean, you've got <laughs> Kevin Bacon's been doing EE for good yeah, as ever. That's what I mean. So, it's really yeah. strong ecstasy. EE. Double E. I was like, I need me some of that. <laughs> well, it's a shame that for, you know, to celebrate this man's great career and this life, that the movie we are just about to review is not Deliverance, it's not The Cannibal Run. It's, it's not Smokey and the Bandit. not Smokey and the Bandit. It's cop and a half. Devin Butler knows just what he wants to be. Free dirtbag. Butler thinks he's a real cop. Put me down. I meant it in the nicest way. <laughs> Devin, you gotta stop playing stupid cop games. But when you're a cop, people don't sass you. But now... Young Devin here witnessed a crime earlier this evening. You need me to testify and identify, right? I don't think I like that question. Why? I'd like to cut a deal. What? He wants to be a cop. Why do you want to be a cop? Look at this guy. Bad back, bad marriage, bad attitude. Oh, sorry, I broke the nose. I think I can fix it. He's seen a lot of action. But he's seen a lot of TV. Haven't you heard about secondary smoke? My still-forming lungs may be shriveling into green chunks of mucus. I want you to drive him around for eight hours. I can't. I don't get along with kids. I don't, I don't like them. They don't like me. I have nothing Nobody to cut. can't have any fun with a kid. You take a kid to a bar. He has one drink. He falls off the stool. What? You don't have to get up to impress me. Thanks. Where his fantasy ended. My grandson has seen all I want him to see, a police no, no. Their real adventure began. Put the pedal to the metal, burn rubber. Let's go kick some. Oh. I need a diversion. He was a bad boy, boss. <laughs> you called me pig. They're two cops learning to meet each other halfway. That was just like Miami Vice. Burt Reynolds. And introducing Norman Golden II, cop and a half. What are you? I'm your worst nightmare, an eight-year-old with a badge. Cop and a half. Can you hear the disdain in my voice? <laughs> <laughs> Released in the USA, 2nd of April, 1993. Directed by Henry Winkler. Yep. Yes. He just, um, just won an award, didn't he, Henry Winkler? Won an um, Emmy, didn't Emmy, he? Emmy, yeah, yes. He did, yeah. Starring... The mighty Burt Reynolds, Norman D. Golden II, and nobody else of any note whatsoever. There was a couple of semi-famous faces yeah. in here, but you get the impression that the whole budget was spent on Burt Reynolds' salary, possibly, yeah. here. Um, and I had to check myself throughout this film to tell myself, this is a kid's movie. It's not a Burt Reynolds film. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it's, I think if, if somebody was to watch it and genuinely not see it as a kid's film, yeah, just shouldn't watch films. <laughs> it should not be allowed to watch films There's ever. a little kid <laughs> running around with a war pistol pretending to be a cop. That instantly says it's a cop film. Uh, a kid film. Yeah. It also is a cop film. Yeah. <laughs> with a little half pint, so it's, it's a cop and a half. This is not a great legacy for Mr. Reynolds, though, is it, that we're actually reviewing this as a... 
It's probably it's not it's, yeah it's not the greatest choice of films to have done. I mean, I, I like the film because as I say, April nineteen ninety three. I hadn't even turned eight yet. I was seven years of age. This was the perfect film. For yeah, you, yeah. Really. I, I can understand that. Cops as... and robbers, and you shoot yeah. people. That was exactly what you wanted. But to do. then yeah. I'm thinking round about this time. There are better kids and cops movies that have been done or about to be done, like Kindergarten Cop. Or yeah, in '93, you had um, films that were so bad. Now, when was mm. Last Action Hero? <clears throat> a little bit later, possibly. Yeah, '95, '96. Because you yeah. think that's similarities there. Yeah, but that must have had a but you far think, bigger budget. Oh Christ! Yeah, yeah. you got to think of like a kid's mind. Like we had like Three Ninjas and yeah. stuff like that. They were corny and so bad if you look at them now. Even. Yeah. But yet, for kids, it was, that's all we wanted to do was just to play it and fight. True. No one needed an Arnold Schwarzenegger back then because we didn't know who he was. We was little kids. Yeah. Ar- Arnie now, yeah, I love the man. I go way back to Pumping Iron and the man's legendary. But when I was seven, I didn't care who, who, who Arnold, Arnold Schwarzenegger was. was no. Same reason I love Space Jam, but you don't. It's <laughs> for me. I was a kid. It's the unrealistic thing of not when you watched Star Wars first time when you was a kid. Yeah. It's that wow, this is something. It unheard of. It was, it was unique. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think these films, they are complete bollocks, but <laughs> <laughs> you got you got to see it from that, for me anyway, I see it. It's like I was seven, eight, watching a film with this little kid, so I was like, imagine doing that, it'd be amazing. Yeah. And I watched it two days ago, and I still was like, yeah. I'd love to have done that. <laughs> I'd love to have gone around with a cop. I would, not, I would have kicked that man in the balls myself. I had to keep thinking, though, because like, I'm watching this, I'm thinking... These villains are like cartoon characters. Mm. One of them is. Yeah. Um, the perm-haired one. Yeah. He's the um, character that they based one of the gangsters in The Simpsons off of. Is he? Because he's in Godfather 2 as well, yeah. that guy. He's, sure. He plays a gangster, an Italian-based uh, gangster. Doesn't his hair look like a microphone It does really does. And it stays It does not move. It's weird. It's like he's got an afro. First time I was like... How has his hair stayed in that? There's he a, gets hit by a door and he gets on his hair like poof. <laughs> Shit, load of hair spray. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> but even throughout, I mean, you look at Burt Reynolds in this. This essentially what is a kids' movie? Yeah. Does he look like he's enjoying himself mm. at all throughout this? No, he looks like he's paying the bills. Yeah, because I'm thinking, say, Home Alone, which was two three years earlier, and you look at. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern, they look like they're having a great time. Mm, their yeah. tongue is planted firmly in their cheek, watching the you know taking part in this movie. Burt Reynolds just looks embarrassed. I think there's a bit it. like towards, the, the, but then I suppose he is supposed to be playing a yeah. cop that hates yeah. kids. His partner died. Yeah. So the, the tail end of the film, the last half hour, yep. is when it got. In good. my mind, <laughs> I wouldn't say good. I'd say it got more entertaining. Yeah. Um, but I and you're saying about Home Alone and obviously the Macaulay Colgan mm-hmm. that great child actor yes I didn't think the children in this were very good there actors must have been better child actors at the time though. I think I mean the kids were shit in the <laughs> playground you just like yeah. I want to punch all of them yeah. the only bit I, I liked, was going to send them to Paul's house it's disgusting <laughs> the only bit I liked was the I'm Spartacus moment Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> that actually made me laugh. It's the only bit I laughed out loud in the whole film was the kids are doing the I'm Devon, whatever his name is. Um, we've got an email from Charlie. Would you like to hear yeah, our absent I wanna, friend's thoughts? I mean, look, the, I fact, the fact that he could be involved to show up. Yeah. 
Now, bearing in mind, this is Charlie. Um, I'll play the email jingle. We haven't heard this for a while. I'm going to sit right down and write myself a letter And make believe it came from you Okay, chaps, an email from young Charles. Dear Scott, Liam and Paul, Cop and a Half is a film that means many different things to many different people, but for me, it represents cinematic excellence on a scale not witnessed (laughs) since its release. (laughs) The tale is one of determination, heroism and companionship. One could even argue that the film almost single-handedly ended racism and fully mended relations between the police and African-American society (laughs) at a time when the damage inflicted during the Rodney King case seemed irrevocable. (laughs) 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 Who could fail to be moved by the collegial friendship developed between the young, ambitious Devon Butler and the hard-boiled, no-nonsense lawman Nick McKenna? It's hard to think of a more striking relationship between a Hollywood personality and a minor since Roman Polanski lived in Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Why did he pick the film? (laughs) We'll get into it. Thankfully, this particular film wasn't directed by a nonce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Charlie. Instead, it was masterfully created by an oblong-headed fly-fishing wanker Henry Winkler... And it would be unconscionable not to elevate him into the same status as the likes of Scorsese, Hitchcock and Michael Bay, having marvelled at this 1990s masterpiece. Perhaps my favourite scene can be seen towards the film's climax when young Devon and his fellow classmates are able to defeat a group of hardened criminals by throwing the contents of the school's tuck shop in their direction. I particularly enjoyed the fact that the villains in question chose not to brandish their weapons and open fire on the entire playground. Whether this was the result of compassion or because they knew that one of the children involved was likely to commit the act later on in their school career, I'm unsure, but still felt that this was a nice touch. (laughs) I'm also unsure as to whether I have now confused the end of Cop and a Half with that of the Dennis the Menace movie made in the same year. But what the hell? Think about that one then because you've probably seen Dennis the Menace. However, the real reason we are here to talk about the film is because of the recent death of Burt Reynolds. And despite his contribution to cinema history being little more than looking like a scouse Marlon Brando who rumped Sally Field in a film once, his appearance here is still undoubtedly his finest moment. So please raise a glass to Mr Reynolds and this truly wonderful production. It's with deep regret that I'm unable to be at today's recording, but every time the wind blows on this dark autumnal evening, listen carefully and you will hear me whispering the words, Cop and a Half. Cock and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so why did he pick it then? I, I still don't just to be a dick. Obviously, I'd say this if you see it. Was, did he just pick it to go? Ha ha! In Charlie's words, this is what the stinking pause has been building towards over the last five years. This was the review we have been destined to do. 
So, but, so is this the pinnacle and everything well, is downhill no, from I, here? I, I think it was because it was the joke movie that we always referred to. You know, I'd say to Charlie, we're going to be reviewing a real classic next week. Oh, cop and a half. You know, there'll be that sort of oh, right, okay. tone to it. Mm. And um, you should have left it as that running We should joke. have done. We should have done. It's not the best legacy to remember Mr. Reynolds by. And I think very soon we ought to do a, a, a real Burt Reynolds movie mm. at some point. I think that's the thing with Burt Reynolds is that his legacy is him, yeah. not his films. Yeah. Yeah, as you say, he just, he was one of those actors that was just cool. Yeah, just it was him that made his name big. He did. Burt Reynolds is the reason that Burt Reynolds is so great. Yeah, the films that we were in, none of them. I don't think I'd be very surprised if those ever in anybody's top ten films. Deliverance might be, but it's just him. He's so mm. damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> you just think, fuck yeah, I'd love to have a beer with him. Yeah, he'd he was, drink he, you under the table. He yes. was. He was the epitome of cool in the seventies. Yeah. yeah. I think most blokes wanted to be him and most women wanted to be with him. Yeah. Actually, I had a couple of gay mates that thought he was the hottest thing, you know, ever created. Did you put? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a shorter episode this one than usual. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back with watching next time. And now, preview time. When it comes to entertainment, you can't beat a good film. So let's take a look at what's coming your way. Okay, we're rapidly approaching October and the month of horror. And so Paul has selected something that's not very scary at all. I mean, to be fair, it is a PG. It is, but it, it is. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. PG-13 now oh, in the new, okay. in the new, yeah. the new ratings. Yeah. But uh, at the time, I think it may have been actually a PG. Yeah. We're going back to 1990, Paul. What have you picked? Because... You know, I love horror movies. <laughs> I, I, I thought I'd pick one with a bit of comedy in and went for arachnophobia. Good choice. I mean, Liam, you don't particularly like spiders. Well, on a scale of if there's one in this room, I'm over that balcony. <laughs> really? Tw- <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, I I've eaten a spider before. Okay. Genuinely, if someone wants to go pick you on that, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I was drunk. Going in my flat and there's a spider on my boot. And was like, oh, you scared of me. And you ate it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> You must have been very drunk. I was so drunk. Because when they told me the next day, I went, ah! I, was like, ah! I was like, could it web inside me? Constipated. I was so worried. But no, I'm not. I grew up in massive fear of spiders. Like, genuinely, yeah. I fucking hate them. And you've got a bit of a I, phobia. I can deal with what the What are they called? Anarachnophobia. Anarachnophobia. Fear of training spiders. Yeah. Oh. I have that as well. Flashes. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm not a fan. No. But, uh, well, let's find out if we're fans of the movie. Paul, Liam, thanks again, guys, for this briefest of tributes to the legendary Burt Reynolds. Rest in peace, Burt. See you next time. The management of this theatre suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. Astronauts, that infernal jamboree is worse than two cats on a fence. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. When you fail down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh at your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking. Help you on the way, my friend.
when things look black. Try positive thinking. Treat every season as spring. No glancing back. Try positive thinking. Trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.